Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, leavers and believers. Welcome to Leaving Hillsong. My name's Tanya and I'm super excited that you're here for another special edition of this show. So this interview with Devan and Hubert took place in late June of last year and somehow I counted the weeks in the month wrong and I had too many interviews and uh, this one kind of we talked about so many things apart from LGBT stuff and yet we summed up with talking about you know Pride Month because that's what Drups and I had been hosting that month June last year if you missed it go and grab it and you know we were going to say our goodbyes and then yeah I counted wrong so I knew there would be a wonderful special time and this weekend is that time. Dee is a gay man living in Louisiana and he is an ex-attendee of Lakewood Church, the Joel Osteen one, but he grew up in evangelical churches and as you'll hear, didn't even know that uh, bars were open on Sundays till he was 25 years old and then he sure learned fast. There's so, so much to his story, from Pentecostal to prison to podcast. He's a raging success now, so I hope you enjoy The Closer I Get to God, part one. Part two will be out tomorrow. I'm so excited we get to hear such different perspectives. Technology makes it all so wonderful and possible. Oh, I forgot to mention language warning. You know, like moderate course infrequent use of I don't know what anyway there'll be a cleaner version out as soon as possible so if you don't like that kind of thing turn around and walk out now here's me and drops and D.
part one. Well, good morning, Baton Rouge, Louisiana from Sydney, except that you are still good evening. Hey, Devannon, how are you? Hey, how are you doing today, Tanya? I am fantastic. Yes. Good, good, good. We are here with Devannon Hubert in Baton Rouge and Draps is on call from Raynell in the UK. Is that right, Raynell? I'm here where it's, yeah, it's half past midnight and yeah. I'm tuning in. So I'm so grateful to you guys for making the time and lining this all up for our final Pride episode on Leaving Hillsong. Thank you. Where to start? Dee, can you give us a little background about you and um, sexdrugsandjesus.com and the book and, you know, how you started, why you headed out and uh, where you're up to now? Tell us a bit about you. That's a, that's fine, baby. I like it rough and hard, so there's no need to be, <laughs> to be apologetic. So, yeah, sexdrugsandjesus.com is my website. It houses my podcast, Sex, Drugs, and Jesus, and my book, also called Sex, Drugs, and Jesus. And so uh, my memoir covers my life history up to this point. I'm about to be 40 years old in December. And it covers, you know, my abusive childhood and going to the military and serving during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. It chronicles how I ended up homeless in the streets of Houston after being a meth-slanging drug dealer and going to jail a bunch of times. It talks about my history serving at Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas, which is our large mega church here in the United States, and how I got kicked out of there for not being straight. Uh, okay. We get into the journey back up, you know, from being a janitor and everything like that to where I am today. That's terrific. I, your website's incredible. Like there's a docu-series there and, of course, your podcast and the book. Like you've just got so much content and, and it's, it's gorgeous. How did you come to decide that it's going to be about sex, drugs and Jesus? I mean, you're a pastor now, are you not? I mean, I am a um, licensed minister, <laughs> but I don't like have like a congregation. Mm-hmm. Don't want one. Uh, you know, I believe anyone can be a preacher. All a preacher is is somebody who who tells what you know what God is saying. Uh, but sex, drugs, and Jesus. Well, that's just my I mean. My story is that it's a lot of sex. It's a lot of drugs. <laughs> it's a mm-hmm. lot of Jesus. So I didn't feel like I wanted to beat around the bush. I just got right to the damn point with the title. I do. You should do. I mean, I do a little content uh, warning because, you know, some people said some post 8 p.m. words. But, yeah, there's nothing much censored about your website, is there? No. And I'm trying to watch my language while I talk because I know your podcast, podcast, you like to keep it clean and stuff like that. Well, you know, it's not whether you win win or lose. It's how you tell your mother and she's like... You know, she listens, so uh, you think the fear of God is strong. You didn't meet my mother. Tell me something. We've had, we, like, we've had these two different points of view. So, you know, Ben is, is very much about his faith that we heard about. And Sarah was just saying, well, they're just being gay and being Christian and mutually exclusive things. So how did you, like, arrive at your position? How does that weigh up against the Bible? All that kind of stuff. How do you get to be like that and think it's okay? Huh? I my heart really goes out to to Ben, you know, when when everything over what happened to him at Hillsong, I just like wanted to find him and just like bear hug and embrace him. 
Oh my gosh, the sweet thing. Such a beautiful story, hey. And, uh, I don't know if I'd call it beautiful. It's so fucked up. But you know, his like, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. way he's handling it and coming out of it is the redemption of it. But, mm-hmm. and then Sarah, yeah, she, you know, she's, she's very, very intense. And so, so, so to answer your question, I think you can totally be not straight and totally be close to God because the people who have interpreted the Bible and the people who have a lot of prominence in the world put forth their translations of things, but that doesn't mean that they're right. And so you can have any kind of relationship you want with God, but what I, what I warn people against is becoming like jaded and bitter about the experiences that other people mm-hmm. have had or that you may have had, mm-hmm. you know, and even though I got kicked out of church and everything like that, I became jaded and bitter like that. And it, and it, and I didn't talk to God really for like about five or six years until I began to wake up and like, you know what, I should never have put God in the church, you know, on the same pedestal. So okay. I think you can like not straight and be a Christian, but I don't think that just because of church is a church, you know, church is a church and God is God. I don't think those two things are the same. Yeah. And I mean, that's a really big problem, especially with Hillsong, the language is full of church, not God. So it's all about building the church. And I think that's deliberate and very confusing for people. All right. So how do, how do I know whether I'm bitter or whether I've got righteous anger? You know, the effects of trauma uh, don't just go away with like forgive and forget. Like, I mean, and, and you know, life is brutal. Like how do people kind of tackle that, that stuff then? You got to be in charge of your emotions. So you have to pay attention and be- begin to become aware of why you believe what you believe, why you feel what you feel, why you think what you think, which means that you cannot accept every thought and every emotion that comes to your mind mm-hmm. you know, as fact. So, so righteous anger might be like the anger that I feel towards the church. And when I say the church, I mean people who people seem to listen to, mm-hmm. you know, on religious matters, you know, they said quietly, you know, like here in the United States, while politicians let Roe v. Wade, you know, let, let, let abortion rights be taken away mm-hmm. because Republicans want to try to enforce morality on people. The church should have been saying, okay, that, you know, it's not the, the political world's place to make people act right, you know, but yeah. the church keeps their mouth shut when we need them. And then they open their mouth you know, when it's advantageous to them. And so that, that to me is like a righteous anger. Bitterness is if I'm still mad over getting kicked out of Joel Osteen's church. And now because of that, I'm like, fuck God. And I won't read my Bible and I'm going to maybe become an atheist or something like that. And that's being done from a hurt, broken and angry place. You see, it's not logical. It's, it's not meted out and sorted out emotions. It's coming from anger. So what is the motivation behind your thinking? You see, so that's a—I mean—that's a little tough. That the atheists are bitter, and the Christians or the kind of recommitted to their faith people are not, and have dealt with bitterness. I'm like, what do we do with that? Because to me, like they were two for me, there were two separate things. So, you know, the Hillsong stuff started falling apart quickly, but then even when I went back, like the biblical text is so difficult and there's so much suffering and you know wombats have diseases and koalas scream in bushfires and I've got so many unanswered questions and I don't know that that comes out of bitterness towards anything just like 
just doesn't make sense to me. What do I do with that? Well, at that point, what, what you're describing is not a decision one way or the other. Like you're still trying to take it all in and make a decision. See, somebody who went through something bitter and, and now has like ire against okay. God and church and everything is somebody who has made a decision to be like, well, fuck God. You know, you're saying there's a lot of things that are confusing to me and I don't know what it is yet. You're still on a journey. You haven't really arrived yet and that's fine. You're just questioning. You're not bitter. <laughs> I think there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with not wanting to be around something that's hurt you. Like you wouldn't go back to fire if fire had hurt you. You'd you know you stay away from it. And it's the same with some people. You know we know LGBT people sometimes with their families. The families can't accept them, and we can still hold like a kind of a kindness towards them in our hearts, like on some level while still understanding that we would never, you know, go to them or listen to them or hear what they have to say to us because we know that they, you know, the attitudes that they can bring to us can make us, you know, can just bring us straight back to that place we were when we were first hurt and we were first injured, you know, certainly there's, you know, a place for stepping, you know, stepping completely away from those things, churches, Christianity and so on. But I think, you know, the distinction is, like you say, is the motivation. It's like, I mean, that's like the the whole like Christian, like, oh, where is your heart like thing, which can be used as like a manipulative thing. But I think from our point of view, Mm -hmm. it's more like, you know, genuinely, like, how how are you doing with this? Like, you know, are you finding some space in your life to to find like like beauty or are you just focused on this kind of like this anger and rage, I guess? Yeah, it's just, it's been interesting for me, I have to say, because we were always taught like forgiveness at the drop of a hat, forgive, forgive, forgive. And this next generation are a bit different. And that, you know, they're like, no, we're going to stay angry. We are angry. We got hurt. And, you know, you can't tell us how to feel. It's, it's, it's really interesting stuff. Are you only hurting yourself if you hold on to that rage? And then, yeah. Getting, getting off of the spiritual aspect of it, just like energetically speaking, which even people who don't believe oh, in yeah. God, people who don't believe in God will usually at least agree that there are energetic effects in, sure. in this world. So if you cater to negativity and angry, angry emotions, that is not going to help you in the future. As a, as a, I'm a licensed massage therapist and a licensed hypnotist. And oh, wow. I... I've seen how those negative energies can manifest in people's bodies as sicknesses. You know, it can take root into their subconscious and everything like that and cause them to, to sabotage themselves down the road like a self-sabotage thing. So we don't forgive people for, for, for them. You know, we forgive them to release, yeah. to release us from it. This is, yeah, it's a complex one. This has been the old argument as well. And, and it's 100% true. I mean, you, you're drinking your own poison if you're you know unforgiving towards someone else it all makes sense well I just now want to know like what's the difference between being a licensed minister and a licensed hypnotist I mean do they intersect okay so yeah yeah, churches and everything like that are very much hypnotists and things like that. So when, when you get them to the topic of the way sermons are tailored to hypnotize you the way the music the certain notes and the chords and the lighting really? and everything, you know yeah, it's all it's all it's all a form of hypnotization when you, you can, go to church. You can see that straight clearly. You can actually that's uh, yeah. Right, because what 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 hypno, hip, to hypnotize someone means to overload the conscious mind in order to gain access to the subconscious. So like when you go to the movies, 
Okay, say it's a horror movie and we're watching this dumb girl run through the woods from the scary boogeyman. We all know she's going to trip and fall mm-hmm. over her. She does it every time. And yet, even though we know she's going to do it, when she does it, we're all like, oh my God, bitch, get mm-hmm. up, Ryan. You know, in that moment, it feels real. Our adrenaline is racing. Our pulses are racing. And we're all nervous. And we're just sitting here in our theater seats. We know it's fake. But in that moment, we've accepted it as reality. Right. And so we have real, real anatomical changes happening to us. And though we're watching a movie that we consciously know is fake. Cool. And so, so what happens while we're at the movies is our critical mind our conscious mind is overloaded. Now your subconscious is like 88% of the brain, only like 12% of your brain is actual consciousness. Okay. So how do you overload the conscious mind? By just making it focus on more than one thing. So you're, in the movies, you're smelling the popcorn, you're feeling the vibrations, you're watching this huge screen, you, know, you got a whole lot of different things going on. And so that's how you access somebody's subconscious mind. You just, you distract them. And so when you go to church, They've got the light laser lights going. They got the music going. You got the people on stage hopping around. You got the tambourines. You got people running up and down the aisles. You got too much shit going on for you to be critical of any one thing, and so you just accept it. See, and I'm wondering as well. I mean, Draps is a, a big fan of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering that willing suspension of disbelief. I'm wondering now if people walk into movie theaters and churches with the same kind of hopes, maybe. I was laughing today because I was watching the new Jurassic World movie in the cinema. And, you know, we suspend all the disbelief to see all the dinosaurs. That's fine. But then someone did something that was unrealistic. And I was like, that's unrealistic. (laughs) And I was like, hang on a minute. Oh, okay. (laughs) The whole concept is unrealistic. And I think, like, for some people within Christianity and the church and so on, like, it takes that one thing that, like, that trips us up and then we're able to then begin to unpick the bigger like the bigger story and to pick out what's real and what's what's unreal but it takes seeing and noticing and holding on to that feeling of like hang on a minute something's not sitting right with me about this and then you begin to question the rest of it wow. maybe that's a similar similar thought can you tell us again because like i don't watch the superhero stuff i you know i stick to like my own sport of celebs and trash. Mm-hmm. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, tell me a bit about, again, how, like, coming out stories are like Marvel movies. 
This was the this is the, the sort of the classic hero's journey that you see, oh, cool. and you see superheroes follow this journey, and it's also the same sort of story that you hear in a conversion, you know, like a Christian conversion story, mm-hmm. where the classic sort of story arc is that someone gets called onto some sort of journey, they develop the tools they need to to win the story, they encounter an obstacle, they get over that obstacle. And then you celebrate them reaching the end. And it works. It's a similar story to a coming out story. There's a reason why people love it when celebrities come out and when, you know, when things like that happen. Mm. And part of it is because we're celebrating, you know, their freedom and their opportunity. And part of it is because we're following that hero's journey. And we're saying, okay, they started out life. They felt this calling, this inkling. They tried to pick up different tools as they went along. And then they had this realization about themselves and then you know they, they defeated the the villain and they come out the other side and it's the same story with mm-hmm. a lot of conversion stories like paul on the damascus road and so on or especially you know the missionary stories where they say you know this happened or this happened in my life and then i came to god i found the tools i overcame mm-hmm. and then this is where i am now so yeah i mean that must say something about human nature and how much we love stories and heroes as well hey that's cool i loved that that gave me so much Food for thought, because I don't understand why, you know, grown-ups go to Aquaman and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you why we do. Maybe it's we just want to pause well, our conscious well, minds for a bit. That conversation came after you and I chatting, like, and I was like, well, how many coming out stories will it take? Will we hear before it's kind of not a big story anymore? And I wonder where that's changing. I mean, Dee, what do you think? Like, we, we literally, we're recording this two days after the the overturning of legislation which Roe versus Wade which people may or may not agree with but the fact is is that it's been in place nearly 50 years it was like you know death taxes and Roe versus Wade like you knew things would never change there and you know there is kind of talk now about questioning gay marriage legislation and that kind of thing where do you think think what a like what a horrible end to pride months right and you know so much else going on and this is this this jump backward what what do you think lies ahead yeah i mean it happened during pride month but you know that's one it's a there's a negative thing it's a big thing but i'm not gonna let that overshadow the beauty of what pride month is i look at the big you know the big picture and oh so the future you know is gonna be a fight you know and when you read the hebrew scriptures and everything like that there is nothing you know peace isn't really prophesied you know, to come to the earth until, you know, Christ returns anyway for the millennial kingdom. And so until then, you know, there are problems that are going to happen. But, you know, the Bible speaks about how, you know, Jesus came to to make a separation, to divide people. You know, not all of the about him is about bringing people together. And so so the future will be, it'll be chaotic. It'll be, it'll be a fight. But what I appreciate is that people are going to have to pick you know, very publicly what sides they're on. So you, mm-hmm. you're not going to like be able to kind of sort of like non-street people, you're, you're going to have to pick which side of the fence. And I appreciate that because I don't like dealing with people and I don't really know where they stand on stuff. And it's going to be hard, but these hard times are fine us and they make us stronger. Maybe God is trying to get people's attention and bring them back to him. Because when life gets very easy for us, we tend to pray less you know we tend to we tend to call out for him less yeah. you know and when problems grows us spiritually 
And I guess everybody's kind of taken five after Joe Biden got in, thought everything would be kind of okay again. Well, I thought that too, but the man can't do what he needs to do when he's got uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, you know, two Democrats actively mm. working. And then he doesn't have enough Democratic votes to get things passed through, you know, Congress yeah. and stuff like that. So I hope they don't come for gay marriage. I hope they don't, but I'm not going to sit around being afraid either because what is what is the true history of marriage you know we see this that at first you know people got together there wasn't ceremonies and they you know so then you started having that later on but marriage is something that's done before the lord anyway you don't need a court to tell you because it's really it's a spiritual union in the first place so for benefits like job related benefits and all of that you know to be recognized you need you, you need it for that, you know, for your employer. But the primary purpose is to take the time to invite God into this loving relationship that you have. And so we've never really needed a court for that. And we've got to remember that people like Robert Wood back in the 1960s, like way before any of it was legalized, was marrying people. You know, Anne Lister and Anne Walker were getting, they got married by sharing uh, communion together at Easter. And they considered Mm -hmm. that to be their marriage, you know, ceremony. That was way back in the, I think the 1700s. So, you know, those kind of same-sex marriages, if you like, have obviously been ongoing throughout. But it's obviously been really good to get those protections in because they, you know, they ultimately they protect, you know, the kids and they protect the people who are coming up from having to go through a coming out story and having to go through that because they can see that their uncles got married or such and such happened. Like it's more about those things than it is necessarily about, you know, the ceremonies themselves. But that's why we just put that protection in all the time as we go along. You know, we have to constantly keep reaching back and pulling up the people, you know, that come after us who are facing their own struggles as well so that we can keep shoring up where we're at it definitely seems like nothing is uh nothing's for sure after that I mean I mean that's part of the shock as well sorry yeah you know but you know everything has always been subject to change and I think I understand this more than a lot of people having lived through so much instability you know moving around in the military shuffling around on the street and you know being homeless you know you know I know what it's like to constantly go through evolutions and so change doesn't shock me anymore you know it used to you know I'm just like okay it's a new thing now let's get moving but but I don't really think that we should rest on our laurels at any point in life and just think it's always going to be this way you don't know what's going to happen down here one hurricane can come through and blow the whole damn town away yeah you know or or a tornado can drop on us so what is stability in the midst of all of this instability for me that's God (laughs) you know not the church okay God And so, and that is what, he is what keeps me sane, you know, while everything else is going crazy. I mean, after such a tumultuous experience, that's really cool. Okay. So just for like how I was raised fundamentalist D, help us here, please. Because my logic is like, your strength in God, your faith is reliant upon this book, which is the Bible. And it's got these rules and I know there's these clobber verses and interpretations and stuff, but you're talking about a very strong faith in God. Where, how did you arrive at all of that? Like, given your upbringing, your family, like, how, how did you get to where you are? Personal experiences with God. My, my faith in, in the way I believe is not, is not necessarily because of the Bible. So I read through the Bible to get a glimpse into the mind of God and his personality, 
I continue with him because of how he visits me personally. Now okay. he talks to everyone differently. Wow. For me, I'm a dreamer. And so God started visiting me in dreams when I was like four or five years old, you know, and then I've seen like angels and things like that, you know, wow. stuff I get into and like my, and one of my greatest prayers for the world is for the Lord to reveal himself to people in a way that people are going to know that it's him, whatever that may be. But this extends beyond the Bible. You know, that's like a starting ground and that and not everything okay. is in the Bible that you need anyway. Okay. And so, so no, so I was raised Pentecostal, you know, and they have their take on the Bible. Everything's wrong. You know, if women are wearing too much jewelry, the, sh- the dresses are too short. Of course, everything gay is wrong, you know, wrong, 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 wrong. Well, you know, that's just their interpretation. Anybody can read the Bible and interpret what they want, <laughs> you know, so there's no set way to do it. Coming up on my show, I'm going to be talking to Barry Bowen about who is someone you've had on your show before about exactly you, who. Yeah, love you, Barry. Mwah, mwah. You know, we're going to be talking about exactly who interprets the Bible and stuff like that. And it's basically a room full mm-hmm. of white men. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it's not like it's a racially diverse people interpreting yeah. the Bible. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the influences there. And so then, you know, so I'm super in the church. You know, I get to Lakewood Church in Houston in Texas and I'm super volunteery. Now I shouldn't have lied on the application because on their application for volunteering in the kids ministry, they say that if you're not straight, then they don't want you around their children. So they, they, at the time they had that on the application. And so I was just getting out of the military. So I'm during, and I served during Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which meant if you weren't straight, they would kick you out for not being straight. So I'm thinking it's another one of these Don't Ask, Don't Tell environments at Lakewood. So I'm like, okay, I'm just trying to volunteer and work for free. It's just one of those political things. I should have ran right then. You know, I would never, ever volunteer at a church that has some, some the clause like that. You know, they weren't the only ones doing it and they're not the, and there's still churches that do that. And so eventually the parents started to complain about my style because I would wear like a lot of cowboy boots, true religion jeans, stuff like that, which is very Southern California. It's very Los Angeles. And you would think in Texas, of all places, that cowboy boots wouldn't be a problem. But apparently on me, it was. And so, so, so the staff at Lakewood, you know, they would tell me the parents are complaining. They're not sure they're comfortable with you being around their children. And they were like, you know, the staff at Lakewood asked me if I had a girlfriend, you know, and all of this. Mm-hmm. And which made me like super uncomfortable. Then what happened was I applied for a job there. Now all of this bad shit is happening and I'm rationalizing it. I'm trying to find a way to still make it work. I'm going, well, nowhere's going to be perfect. I don't like this about this church, but I'm going to stay here anyway. You know, like rationalizing an abusive relationship when really you should just fucking leave. And so I applied for a job. They went and did a social media search because the three years I had been volunteering, there wasn't enough of a character reference. They needed to ask MySpace as well to really get like a final (laughs) word on who I really was. So they found out I was hanging out in Montrose, which is the gay district of Houston. And so they bring me into the office and they're all like, okay, so we're firing you from volunteering with the children. I was a volunteer supervisor on Wednesday nights. I was a worship leader in the kids ministry. I taught my own class of third grade boys and I sang in the adult choir at Lakewood Church on the weekends. So I was there like four or five nights a week. And they were like, you're fired from everything. I'm like, singing in the adult choir has nothing to do with children. But if you're not straight, they also don't want you in the adult choir too. So they're like Hillsong. They're like, if you're gay, 
we don't really want you to do do much volunteering. So they bring me in and they're all like, we saw you, your pictures on MySpace. You can't be doing that hanging out there with them, you know, yeah. talking about, you know, the gay district. They're like, you're fired. But then they did offer me a conversion therapy package. And they were like, if you read these books here to deal with your feelings and become ungay, you can work your way back up into our graces and the right, a conversion therapy package. What's in the package? Do you have to pay for it? No, well, no, they were quite generous. They had already pre-selected the books they wanted me to read to ungay myself. And then they said that I could be an uh, I could be demoted to being an usher or a greeter oh. while I was being converted and then we would go from there and I got up and walked the fuck out and it would be five or six years later before I ever walked into a church again okay and there was a lot that happened in that in between time hey and I mean was it a rock bottom then like what what led to you to walk back into a church oh I was in rehab after (laughs) after (laughs) like drugs yeah yeah God is there a lot at rehab the van was going you know I, I was homeless anyway and the van was headed to church I was like I guess I'll go you know, I sat in the back, you know, and everything like that. And, you know, and like Matt was saying earlier, it, once you've been traumatized in church like that, you can't just like go back. You yeah. know, it's, in churches, I've never felt the same since that Lakewood experience happened. I tried to make it work. I tried. And I don't go to churches anymore because I finally had the sense to realize that God is not the church and the church is not God. Yeah. yeah. What kind of effects did the gay conversion therapy have on you, as well as that incredible rejection? like? They just don't seem to realize the magnitude of that kind of rejection and ultimatums they have to people. Like what effects, I guess the next five or six years were the effects or. Right. The trauma was very, very deep and it was deeper than what I realized. It's like if you get a deep cut physically, it cuts so deep that your body shuts off recognition of the pain because it's just too much for you to bear. And I didn't realize that that's what happened to me when they had cut me off from that ministry. And so then I went about the business of trying to fill that void in very negative ways. I didn't realize that a void hated. And so I should have gone and gotten me some psychological therapy and just found a gay affirming church. I didn't Mm -hmm. know gay affirming church. So I went to the one place that I knew I wouldn't be judged, which was the gay club. So I just hung out more in the streets because I was like, I reasoned, well, I know if I go to this gay bar, they're not going to kick me out. Yeah. So, but they will at church. So I'm going to go where I know I'm not going to be rejected. And the church is a place of rejection. And I was angry and I was bitter. And it was just weird because I had been in church all my life. I had to be 20, 25, 26 when this happened. And suddenly I have all this free time on my hands. I didn't know what Sunday fun day was because I was in church every Sunday. Yeah. And so now yeah. I'm, like, the gay bars are open on Sunday and I'm sounding so damn naive. I'm like, why are y'all open on Sundays? I had no idea it was like a whole thing. So- wow. <laughs> I mean, it, it's so ironic, isn't it? That, that like you're not supposed to go to these terrible places, but they're the places of acceptance when home doesn't accept you. I mean, where are you going to go? Oh my God. When I was homeless, it was easier for me to go and find the food at a, like a drug trap house than it would have been for me to go to a church because you don't have paperwork and all of this red tape to go through. And it's not who you know, all of this. If I needed food from Lakewood, I wouldn't know who to ask there. You know, it's just not that sort of churches just don't do practical shit like that. A lot of times, as I say, the, the further I get away from church, the closer I get to God. Thank you. Thank you for joining us through that conversation and as I mentioned earlier there's a lot more debating goes on in the next episode we talk about all kinds of 
whys and wherefores and gods and drugs and prisons and why do people do stuff and what is this uh, Pride Month supposed to all be about? It was a really nice conclusion at the time and that'll be with you same time tomorrow. So in the meantime, be super kind to yourselves, be super, super kind to people. I saw a bunch of T-shirts before that said, be kind or be quiet, but yeah, I don't know about be quiet, but you know, it's getting to be a bit of a thing. Enjoy your weekend wherever you are, and we'll talk really soon. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.